0: What is up, everyone? It is Quinn here back with another video. And today I'm gonna continue talking about dynasty rookie drafts, over the last few days, I've gone through my running back rankings, my wide receiver rankings, my overall super flex rankings. And so today I'm going to pivot just a little bit, shift away from the rankings and focus a little bit more on draft strategy. So I've actually gone through 10 different sleeper rookie mock drafts to kind of compile a rough ADP estimate. And then using those ADPs, I've kind of you know found some specific picks that I want to be trading into or trading out of. So basically in this video, I'm going to be going through the best kind of areas in the draft where I want to be trading up or down to get these picks. And then a specific spot of the draft where I don't really want any business picking in this spot. I'm going to want to either move up or move out of it. So uh, if you enjoy the content, do me a huge favor, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, and let's not waste any more time. Let's just jump into it. And the first kind of area that I want to be buying these picks It's the 104-105 area. And for me personally, this is where I want to be snagging Jameer Gibbs. Right now, I have Gibbs as my 104 in this class. I do have him ranked over CJ Stroud, but I do think this is an opportunity where you can also grab a quarterback like CJ Stroud if you are interested in him. So I say the 104-105 because I think if you really do want to secure one of these guys, you're going to have to pay up to get that 104. If you're fine with taking either one, then I mean, by all means, just get up to the 105 because pretty consistently, we're obviously seeing Bijan go at one and then some combo of Richardson and Bryce Young go at two, three. So of the 10 drafts that I looked at, you can kind of see the ADP up on the screen if you're watching on YouTube. We saw uh, CJ Stroud go at pick four or earlier in eight of the 10 drafts and then Gibbs went at pick five or later in eight of the 10. So of the 10 mock drafts that I saw, Gibbs was pretty consistently that fifth guy. And then Stroud was pretty consistently going at number four. I do think there are certain leagues where you're gonna see Gibbs go ahead of Stroud. Maybe more competitive leagues, I think you'll see that in. But I would imagine if we're taking like every single dynasty rookie draft out there, I would imagine that Gibbs is going to be there at the 105 in the majority of those. I think competitive leagues, maybe it's a little more 50-50 or maybe Gibbs is even going at the 104 a little more often. I did see that on a keep trade cut Gibbs did jump Stroud in value. So now he's at the 104 compared to Stroud, who's at the 105. But I just think when we're looking at this rookie class, it is so top heavy with the you know top five, six players. Maybe you want to throw Addison and uh, Johnson in there. But for me, I think you have a really nice top five. I think JSN, you could also throw in there as like a top six option. And I just think it's rare that if you're drafting in a rookie draft, if you have the 104 or 105, you're in a position to draft a top 30 dynasty asset. And I mean, that's where we're at at this point. For me, like I said, I have Jameer Gibbs as my 104. Right now, he is my dynasty running back four, just behind guys like Bijan Robinson, Brees Hall, and Jonathan Taylor. I have him over Travis Etienne. I have him over Saquon Barkley. I have him over Christian McCaffrey, You know, which may surprise some people. And then Stroud would also be a third-round startup pick for me. So this is serious value you're getting at a potential like mid-first-round pick here. And so the first kind of offers I'd be throwing out here for the 104 or the 105 would just be straight up running backs if you are looking for Gibbs. So just a straight up Travis Etienne, Kenneth Walker, Josh Jacobs. I feel like people may not truly kind of grasp what type of player or opportunity they have to draft Jameer Gibbs. And so if you're just going to give them the opportunity to take one of these stud running backs off your hands for that pick... I do think that's something they would consider. I also think there's an opportunity to move up from like the 107, 108 area. Because if you're moving up from the 107, 108, the person who has that 104, 105, moving back like three spots, that probably doesn't feel like a ton, but at least in my opinion, shifting from a guy like Jameer Gibbs or CJ Stroud to an Addison or Johnston is pretty significant. You'd be going from a top 30 dynasty asset to guys that are probably going to go somewhere at like that five, six turn in startups, you know, talking about Jordan Addison and Quentin Johnston. So I think if you're at the 107, 108, try to start off by like adding a late second, something in there and just kind of see what happens. But I do think this is a really nice spot in the draft where you're able to get someone who maybe would normally be valued as like the 102, 103, but you're getting them in the 104, 105 area. So that's a spot I'd be looking to move up into. Now the next kind of pocket I'm gonna be talking about is a section of picks that I would actually be looking to sell. And this is gonna be pretty much anywhere from like the 110 to the 206 area trying to get out of those picks. I think a week ago, the back end of the first round was honestly looking kind of solid because you'd be choosing between a guy like, Zay Flowers, you know, a top 10 Will Levis pick would be in there. Charbonnet probably going in the second round, you would think to a decent landing spot who needed a running back. So there were going to be some solid options in there. And then you were going to have the tight ends who were also looking like they were going in the first round. Now the 110 to 112 area, it's not looking great. Zay Flowers is pretty consistently being drafted at the 109. So if you have the 110, you know, you'd know you probably be hoping Zay Flowers falls to you there, but it does seem unlikely that he slips at this point. He only fell to that number 10 spot in two of the 10 drafts that I looked at. So kind of looking at the ADP I have here, it seems like Kincaid, Charbonnet, and A-chain seem to be like the three guys that are going in the late first round. So Kincaid at the 110, Charbonnet 111, A-chain 112. I think they could pretty much go in any order there, and it's possible one of those guys kind of slips into the second round, but those are going to be the guys going late round one, and I agree with those three players being in the top 12, but that definitely doesn't mean I want to go out and make those picks, right? Like, just because I have them ranked there doesn't mean I actually want to be spending the pick on those guys. I'd probably want to be pivoting, so I think first off, if you're sitting there with the 110, or maybe even 111, you may have a long shot of moving that pick to a contender for their 2024 first. If you're able to frame it like, look, you're able to get a win now asset, um, and then you're probably going to be giving me back like the 111, the 112 next year, maybe they consider it, but that's not even really a trade I'd be banking on. I'd even be willing to throw like a third on top of it just to kind of re-roll that late first into next year, especially if you're a rebuilding team. Like I think it's just kind of in your best interest to do that because this late first round just kind of ended up being really, really weak. I also think if you can use that late first to try to get into the top five, that would be massive, but you might have to uh, you know, give up something pretty significant on top of it. So that was kind of like the first half of that chunk I talked about. The second part is going to be the early second, and this is also a spot where I'd be trying to pivot out on. Um, you can see the guys I've highlighted The two I didn't are really the only players I'd be fine taking at their ADP. That would be Michael Mayer at the 202 and then Kendra Miller at the 204. I don't even think those are like screaming values, but I think those are picks that I would be fine with making if I was on the clock, but you can completely count me out on taking 201 Will Levis. That's not a significant enough fall off in my opinion, going from where he should have been, which was top 10 in the NFL draft to falling out of the first round, like I don't wanna be spending the 201 on Will Levis, 203, Mingo not interested, Spears and Rice going at the 205, 206, passing on that. So not only do I not really like the value on those guys, this isn't even like a thing with the first round where I agree with the players going there. For Mingo, Spears, Rice, like I've got multiple players going in the back half of the second round, at least in the ADP that I saw, who I would prefer straight up over those guys. So that's kind of going to pivot me into the last section here, which is going to be buying late seconds. In my opinion, that's where the value lies here in the second round. So I highlighted the four players who I think are really solid values in the later second. You can see Josh Downs at the 208, Bigsby at the 209, Mims at the 210, and then Laporta at the 212. I have all four of those guys ranked over both Tajay Spears and Rasheed Rice, and you're able to get them later in drafts. So it kind of seems like a no-brainer to uh, pivot out of that spot. And just looking at the second round, I feel like universally, it's pretty much regarded as kind of gross. And I also don't think there's much consensus. I mean, you can even see, you know, like in the 10 different drafts I have laid out um, on the screen, like these picks are all over the place. It's not like one guy's consistently going 14, 15. One time you'll see them go early second, then the next draft they'll go early third, It really is just all over the place. So I'd rather just shift back, collect some value on my early second, move to the later second, and then I might be in a position to still get the player that I initially liked in the early second round. I think if you are interested in making that move, that's definitely something where you could start to have conversations right now with your league mates. I also think if you're not able to get something done, you know, like today, if your draft is in like a week or something, I'm pretty sure at some point, like you're picking in the second round, a league mate is going to see someone they want and the opportunity might open up there where they want to kind of move up to your early second round pick. Maybe they're sitting back half of the second and then you can kind of capitalize on them, you know, fearing that they're going to miss out on the player they want. So just kind of, you know, throwing that out there. I'm going to uh, try to remember to link all the drafts I was looking at in the uh, comments or in the caption somewhere, uh, the description of the video, just so you guys can kind of look through those if you want to. Let me know what you guys think. Do you kind of agree with my analysis here? What do you think about that 104, 105 spot? Do you want to be drafting late first, early second? How are you feeling about the late second round? Let me know down below in the comment section. I will make sure to get back to everyone who comments, but thank you all for stopping by and I will see you in the next one.